Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, back again with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How's it going? I'm tired. I'm having a recovery seltzer, spiked seltzer, <laughs> basic basic white girl drink. Uh, we mm-hmm. had a really tough wad tonight, so this is my recovery drink. And speaking of recovery, <laughs> we'll talk about our sponsor this week, which is uh, Mobility Movement, which is much better for recovery, for the record, than this spiked seltzer. But I was yeah. going to say, you know, probably a little bit better for the old joints, but you know what? That's fine. You got to do what you got to do. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to recover. Um, mobility movement, actually, no lie, has been helping me recover, which has been really nice. Um, I've been relatively committed. I could be better. We could all be better about mobility, but I'll tell you what, having it in my pocket in this app, knowing that, you know, there's, there's little 10 minute sessions, there's half hour long sessions. If I'm feeling really motivated, it actually has been helpful in forcing me to do a little bit more mobility than I would do on my own which normally is none. <laughs> so if, it, if it forces me to do any, it's more than I would have done. So, right. Uh, exactly. And it's doing that. And I do like, I like the 10 minute for the record. I like the 10 minute sessions mostly because mm-hmm. like anything over 10 minutes mobility wise is like way too much for, <laughs> for my active mind, but it is, um, it really helps me anyway, like really kind of calm down, which I need yeah. clearly I need that. Um, and the one thing they're doing right now, that's really cool. They have this at home series, which is in the members area of the app and they're going to continue to add to this over the next few months. But um, basically what it does is it's focused on restoring and calming the nervous system. And so really their thought process being with everybody dealing with the COVID foolishness, as well as like kind of all the craziness that's going on in the world. Like this is the time that, you know, we need to find some, some calm. And so from Mm -hmm. that aspect, I think it's really, really helpful for people. The other thing they're doing that's really cool right now is they're uh, actually taking 50% of all membership for uh, new signup revenue and donating it uh, to the Black Lives Matter movement uh, just during June and July to organizations in the U.S. and Canada, uh, basically to groups dedicated to ending uh, racism and supporting oppressed and marginalized people. So I think that's really, really cool of them. Yeah, that is awesome. And always, you know, when you guys support the the folks that support us, it's it's beneficial for us to help you know, other people understand it and keep doing the podcast. But for this particular initiative in donating to this movement, you helping out a whole bunch more than just John and I. So anybody interested now is a really great time to sign up. Yeah. I always love companies put money where their mouth is, which is yeah. great. And, uh, and you guys can save money if you use MPGA 25 at checkout, you'll save 25%. So, and know that your money's going towards some charity. So I think that's a good thing. So, uh, with that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about uh, some, there's a tiny little bit of news that came out today. Just a uh, little. A little bit. Just I just feel like, I feel like I'm back in the news cycle. Like when I was, when I was a lowly TV news reporter and I was covering like election season or something, there'd be like a new thing every day. Someone like posted something or said something, or here's a quote or like stay up until 2am doing news stuff. Like, I feel like I'm back in that like jittery, like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Like news cycle. It's crazy. Oh, it's insane. And it's, um, I, I was caught off guard by this one. So CrossFit has a new CEO. I'm sure most of you guys listening already know this, what we're going to talk about, but CrossFit has a new owner and CEO, same person, by the way. And, uh, so I was caught off guard. I don't know about you, but I was like, somebody sent me a message and they're like, Hey, the new CEO looks like you. And I'm like, well, who the <laughs> hell are you talking? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? And then like within seconds, cause this is what happens. Like when new news comes out, 
I get the first one. And then I guess everyone that follows me thinks like, I don't read anything. So I just get hammered with DMS and I must've gotten 50 DMS in about two minutes. Damn. Yeah. It was insane. And then, you know, my OCD kicks in and I got to answer all of them. And so, you know, the 49 of them get, yeah, I know. Leave me alone. You know? Yeah. 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 Of course. That first guy you're like, Oh, thanks, brah. And then the rest of them, you're like, yeah, I know, I know. Old news, old news. Yeah. So uh, for for those of you that don't know, uh, mostly, I think most of you guys that follow us know that I have a real job and so does Nikki. Um, so this is going to be kind of a, this is a fun episode for me because I get to get into my corporate gig here and talk about CEOs and corporations and leadership and like all the stuff I do in my real job, not just bitching about thrusters and the assault bike. So. <laughs> well, it's nice to have you as a real like expert in this field because I think a lot of us spend our time bitching about the assault bike. And at the end of the day, we don't really know what goes into a role like this and what you need for that kind of management experience. And what does a person like this stepping into this role mean for the overall CrossFit brand and all the little questions we've had lately, like what about those boxes that went away? And what about those athletes that don't want to compete anymore? Like, what does this really mean? You're John, you're the expert to tell us for real. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to be really careful throwing the word expert around, like really careful. Uh, I mean, I've been in corporate America, so I've been in banking uh, for gosh, almost 20 years. And I've been in kind of an executive leadership position for close to 15 now. So I, I feel like I've seen it all from, you know, what can corporations do both good and bad. I've seen multiple CEOs. I mean, hell, I work for the biggest CEO on the planet at JP Morgan Chase. And Mm -hmm. so I've, you know, kind of had a, uh, you know, kind of a front row seat to seeing like kind of how some of those decisions are made. So I feel like I have a, a, a decent handle on how CEOs think, uh, this one, Eric Rosa, by the way, is his name. So if you guys haven't already figured that out, you should go look him up. He's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, for the record, I went back and looked at all his tweets to see if there's any crazy shit in there. And of course not. you did. I did. I scrolled all the way back to like 2013 and there's oh, nothing in there. Oh my God. Good. So good. I was so proud of him. Not a single cuss word. So proud nice. of him. Nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If we ever have him on the podcast, you'll have to remind me ahead of time not to swear. Yeah, well. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't swear. I'm just saying that there wasn't any in his tweets. So <laughs> the skeletons and dem tweet closets. Yeah. So you know, I thought we'd start. Uh, we would talk a little bit about him, his impressive resume, and just like kind of how CEOs in general think. And then he had a he had a YouTube uh, Zoom call today with Dave. On mm-hmm. uh, it's on YouTube, so you guys can all go watch it. Um, really impressive, dude. Like yeah, really, I think really, so too. really energetic. Um, He's bald, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> he sounds like one of us, really, which I love. And and you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get to that later on. Why don't we start out just by, I know you've been doing a little bit of digging into, into who he is and his background. So who is this guy exactly who's coming in as the new owner and CEO? Yeah, I might mean, I mean, even have to pull up some of the stats because he's got so many. It's ridiculous. Um, I went to his LinkedIn bio because that's how I roll because I love LinkedIn. And uh, it's ridiculous. Like I felt like a major underachiever. I'm like, man, I should have stayed in college <laughs> longer. Done with my life. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, probably like the biggest thing that's impressive to me. So he was CEO of this company called Data Logics, was sold to Oracle. Right, which is huge. Um, which is huge. Yeah, and so, but it, you know, he was CEO CEO there for a number of years. Uh, which you know is kind of the first thing that's impressive to me is just um, CEOs have a certain way of thinking like and this is you know no offense to greg although i don't think anybody cares if we offend greg um you know greg's not a true ceo greg's a coach like the he created a 
you know, an amazing methodology for fitness, but he doesn't know shit about HR and clearly, clearly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and how to run a big corporation. And that's going to be the difference between this guy and the last guy, um, is that, you know, he has a ton of experience doing this, uh, in, you know, including just, you know, a great resume out of college. He went to Stanford, uh, for his MBA, which is impressive enough. And I did go to Michigan and someone from Ohio that, you know, I was a little annoyed at that, but I'll get past it. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's I mean, not quite strike one. Not yet. It's not strike one. And if, when, and if I get a chance to meet him, I'll remind him that, you know, we've owned them for the last decade. So oh, good. that'll go over well. We're it making will. really good first impressions here for it, sure. It will. It will. Um, but just looking at his resume, like super impressive. And so, I, you know, and so clearly he's got the pedigree to come in and run a business. And to your point, he sounds like one of us, like he, he's been crossfitting and owning a box for a decade. Yeah. You know, so you combine those two, it's, I hate to say it's like the perfect storm for what we're looking for, but it kind of is when you estimate it's like, you know, firsthand experience running a box, which by the way, he didn't need to do. Correct. Like this, like, I don't know how much money the guy's got, but come on. He, he was CEO and founded a company that sold to Oracle on, and he just bought CrossFit. So I'm, I'm going to take a guess. Uh-huh. He's got a couple of pennies. Uh-huh. He, he did not need to run a box as his primary source of income by any stretch of the imagination. So, right. But a fact- lot of us, a lot of us involved in boxes, a lot of coaches and people who do the marketing programs and people who help take photos and videos, like none of us need to do that. A lot of us are volunteering our time just to be a part of the greater community. So like I can feel that aspect coming from him, uh, or at least that's, that's the vibe he's giving off, which makes me very confident. Yeah, he, he even called it a, a labor of love, which I yeah. I particularly like that because that's kind of the way I think of CrossFit. Like, yeah. you know, um, we you know you and I both spend a lot of time and effort like building content and like trying to be a part of the community, and it's certainly not for the financial aspects of it by any stretch of the imagination. It's because we love the community, and so I right. love that. I love that about him. I'm still um, waiting on the me millions. You and me both. <laughs> I'm waiting on the meme hundreds. Are you I'm waiting me? on the meme dollar. Yeah. If there could just be <laughs> a dollar would be great. Anyway. I, just, I need to get every follower to send me $2 a year and I'll give you half. How about that? Wow. That'd uh, be, okay. Yes, that'd be, please. That'd be perfect. Then that we would could, be amazing. I know. That would be far more money than I'm making now. <laughs> I said that one. I said that once in my story and I am not shitting you. Somebody Venmoed me like two bucks. No. Swear to God, like right on the spot. Like as soon as I said it, I got like a text that said, you have Venmo. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, okay, well I'm at Nikki Brazier on Venmo. There you go. <laughs> and available to take money for podcast donations and foot photos. Yeah. <laughs> foot photos are way more than two bucks. I'm her yeah, foot right. manager. Those are, there's a sliding scale on cost here. I'm her foot manager and for Danny Spiegel. So if anybody wants foot photos of Danny or Nikki, it's way slide more than two Slide into his bucks. DMs. Not, DMs. But not ours, only his. <laughs> Before anybody DMs me that that was sexist or hashtag me too toward Danny, Danny and I have an agreement on this. She'll be right. on the podcast in two days. She'll confirm this. All Correct. Right. Correct. <laughs> Or go back and listen to the previous podcast. Anyway, so, anyway. so my point is, this guy's got like a great uh, resume and and clearly shows that he's got a handle on running businesses far bigger than CrossFit, um, right. or, or maybe you know bigger in value anyway. So I want to talk a little bit just about what that CEO experience looks like and how that will probably translate to CrossFit and even some of the things he said today that prove those points. So the thing that I've seen from CEOs over the years is that, you know, they, 
while they are really good at multitasking and they handle hundreds of things, you can really boil it down to just like maybe three to five main topics. So they're really focused on growth, um, you know, as they should be, you got to grow the brand and revenue. Like that's super important for any business. If you guys don't know that, don't run a business, (laughs) got to make money, right? They are usually worried about expenses and that falls from reducing expenses and in spending money to make money. Like that's kind of real easy to think of. And then one of the biggest things I think is underrated or most people don't think about is risk. And we've seen that most recently with CrossFit, which is reputational and competitive. And we've seen both of that just in the last couple of weeks, whether people have kind of picked up on that happening or not. So obviously the reputational risk is what we've seen happen with Greg, where an entire brand can be soured over a tweet or a Zoom call or, mm-hmm. you know, allegations or whatever. And then you've got that, you know, competitive aspect where you've got, in this case, we have affiliates leaving and now they could be potential competitors. That's oh, risk. going off and starting their own yeah. factions. And yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. It's a risk to your business. So something as a CEO, you have to think about like, how do I, you know, mitigate that risk? How do I keep it from happening? And then they really focus on corporate strategy, which really kind of boils down to their vision and their stakeholders. And uh, I'll start there because those are two things he talked about on his call with Dave today. And that was where I, you know, I was sitting on my couch, give you guys a picture. I just come in from a terrible wad this afternoon and I was sitting on my couch and I was kind of multitasking, taking some notes. And I heard him say the word stakeholders and my head literally popped up, you know, because I hear that at work a lot. Yeah. And so I stopped. I'm like, holy shit, this is like a real CEO. Let's see what he's going to say. And so he was talking about like, who are my stakeholders? And what he said by that was, you know, his, what he wants to focus on within the company are the affiliates, the members and the broader community. And it was really even that broader community that jumped out at me because that's where you drive your revenue, right? Like he wants Mm -hmm. to focus and fix what's going on in the affiliates. He wants to invest time in the current members, which bluntly, I haven't really heard that out of HQ before. They usually focus on the affiliates, but they never really talk about the individual members, and then he started talking about, you know, how do I reach the broader community, specifically the people that have onboarded but didn't stick? Like, how do I get mm. these people to come in? I view those as like kind of your raving fans, like those people. I see it on my page a lot. The people in their first year to five years at CrossFit are insane about CrossFit. Of course. They're psycho about CrossFit, like all of us. Like, it's really those, those first few years people go nuts. Oh like, yeah. You're absolutely. PRing every day. You're seeing a ton of great results and, and you sort of like evangelize the, the great word of the great gospel of CrossFit, if you will. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the walls of your gym for yeah, sure. That's the thing. And so I, that was the first thing that jumped out. It's like, you know, I've got to focus on these stakeholders. And, and so that speaks to, he knows he has to grow this brand, both through revenue and getting kind of the right people. Like I've had a lot of discussions over the last few weeks around diversity and, you know, people like love to yell at me for this. You know, you can't force diversity, bro. I've heard that a million times. Or, hey, mm. if they quote unquote wanted to do it, they would do it. You mm. know, and 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 I get those that thought. I understand it, not from a racial standpoint. Just like if somebody wants to do anything, you name it, CrossFit or otherwise, if they want to do it, they'll go do it. I I understand that. Like, I don't necessarily want to be out on the street going, hey. Asian guy, come over here and do CrossFit. Right. No, of course, of course it's different because you don't want to like go out and just sort of like make that situation or exploit that situation for what it is. But what he's talking about 
to me, it addresses diversity because you're looking for a type, not a skin type or a sexuality type, right? You're looking for a CrossFitter type, which mm-hmm. is you and me. If I said, Hey, let's go do a thousand burpees for time. You'd go, Oh, okay. And okay. we could do it, right? You could right. do it because we're both crazy. Right. That's what we're looking for. And that was his message. It's like, Hey, we've got to find that broader community that liked it. But for some reason, our outreach wasn't just right for them, or there was just something missing. Like we got to figure out what that is. We have to, you know, we have to get better. And, and that really resonated with me. He actually he had a phrase for it. I don't know. I got so many notes here. I got to, <laughs> I got to find what he said. Uh, he said uh, his core mantra is you got to stay humble and keep improving. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and those are the type of people you're looking for. You know, like he even said, like he has a, a test for this. I love the test. Raise your hand if you want to be healthier and happier. And if you don't raise your hand, okay, there's the door. Right. Everybody else, I have a story to tell you. Right. That's, that's how you, you know, really invest in your, in your broader community and get them to stick. And so from that aspect, I thought, all right, this is a guy that like he gets it as a, someone who ran a box and someone who's grown a business. Like, how do I get people to buy into my brand? And you're selling that vision and then providing them, you know, that service. And so that, I thought that was really cool. Like really exciting. I appreciate that he, in, in sort of like emerging out onto the scene just today is already sort of opening up the channels of communication in a way that we haven't ever really seen them from Greg or otherwise from HQ in general and already addressing the different types of issues that he knows that we've been talking about in the community and is open to even receiving emails. Like the first thing he did was publish his email address, which is eric at crossfit.com and said straight up, like, if you want to communicate, if you want to say, Hey, if you have an issue, like send me an email, how many emails do you think he's gotten today? Oh, well, I sent him a meme. So I sent him an email. <laughs> I sent him an email asking him to come on the podcast. I know I should have sent him a meme. That would have been funny. You should have. I've did like five memes on you today, bro. Check them out. Check them out. Follow me. Yeah. I should have done that. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity anyway. Um, but but all, all things considered, <laughs> like, I just feel like, you know, having this, uh, I think they went live on YouTube or whatever. So having this YouTube video with him and Dave Castro sending this letter to affiliates because every affiliate got it in their inbox today, this message from, from him, from Eric. And he posted it on his brand new brand spanking new Instagram page as well. I just think it is transparent or at least gives the air of that. It gives sort of the vibe that he's ready to do work and that he not only has heard the concerns of the community, but has been a part of the community so much on our side that he was like, oh, shit, I want to buy this and I want to fix it. One of the one of the most important things I think that he wrote, and I'm looking just right at his Instagram post, he like head on just wrote, this is a quote, my view is simple. Racism and sexism are abhorrent and will not be tolerated in CrossFit. Period. You know, like we open our arms to everyone and I will be working hard to rebuild the bridges with those whose trust that we have lost. So like, number one, these are problems. I'm going to fix them. Number two, if you have left the CrossFit community for any of these reasons, like we are welcoming you back with open arms. Just talk to us. I think just being 
open to having those conversations and those channels of communication, even if they, he doesn't get people back, even if people just email him to yell at him for not saying, yeah, I don't know anything or, or coming on the scene too late. Or how come I've seen a lot of comments that were like, how come you didn't say the words black lives matter in your, in your post? Like there are people who still have concerns that this was not enough for them, or it's too little too late, or they don't trust him yet. Like any of that, just throwing his email in there, like, and, and starting that dialogue, I feel like is a really good step forward. Well, we'll talk, let's talk about that a little, you know, cause I got a few of those messages, you know, people that, you know, love to drop into the comments and just drop bombs and, yeah. you know, oh, he didn't talk about the elephant in the room or he didn't say black lives matter. I'm like, okay, look, number one, the ink's not even dry yet. Like they well, I, Yeah. I don't even think the deal is done. Like it's, it's in the process. Yeah. It's not done, but it will be. And I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll get emerging details on, on what it looks like, how much is going to be spent, how much Greg's going to get. Like all, I'm sure all that will come mm-hmm. out in the wash. The point I want to make to people is I think CEOs are creatures of habit. They really are. Like wherever they go, they tend to do the same things. And there's a reason why they become CEOs because they don't know how to lose. They find a Mm. winning formula and they keep doing that winning formula. That's also why he's probably a damn good crossfitter. He has a 240 fan time, by the way. Gross. Um, I know, right? WTF. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I would imagine that's why he's a good CrossFitter because he, he doesn't know how to lose. He knows how to continue to focus on improvement. And if you look at what he's done, like I went and looked at Oracle and, and this is not to say that CrossFit is going to do this, but I have to believe they'll follow this formula. Like if you look at the diversity tab on Oracle's website, it is impressive AF. So just look at the leadership groups that they have within their community. Not only is there kind of their upper leadership diverse, but, um, the groups they have, and this is in no particular order, by the way, just the order I wrote it down. Uh, African-American Business Leadership for Excellence Group. They have a Generations of Leaders Org, which looked like it was designed for older and younger people to work together. Uh, Military and Vet Employment Group. Uh, Latinos Alliance, Women's Leadership, Pride Network, uh, Professional Asian Leadership Group. Like, I mean, it covered all spectrums. Everything, and, everything. Yeah, and there was more. Um than just that. It was just like kind of my high points as I was going through it, you know? And so I, you know, clearly he's worked for a company and, and has run a company that had a huge value on diversity. And I think that's where it falls into that reputational risk that I mentioned earlier of understanding, like, look, I got to grow the brand. I also want to make sure that my affiliates out here are not at risk of doing something dumb Mm -hmm. and I need to provide them resources to be able to address this multi-generational, multi-ethnic group of CrossFitters that we have and continue to draw in more of, you know, more of that, right? Like, and so um, I guess my point to that is I think we will likely see him come in and start to do some of this. Now, he won't get it done next week. I think that's where people do have to chill. Like mm-hmm. he's right. not going to get it done next week. Like it, all these corporations I work for, it's usually like two to three years when you, as you see these things kind of evolve and grow and change, and then they continue to evolve and grow and change. Um, but the fact that he's done it in the past really, I think speaks to his leadership. And if you even look at the board of directors, he sits on, like he sits on the board of a, of a group called Teach United, which is a nonprofit that's dedicated to reducing inequality through education. So helping kind of disadvantaged children get better educations. You know, these guys like CEOs can sit on any damn board they want. And for right. the record, he sits on some fun, he sits on one that's like a company that makes grills, you know? <laughs> so like, <laughs> he's just you know, like so into char grilling 
Yeah. Chicken. He's so into it. <laughs> he, pro- he probably has an awesome pair of new balances and some tongs. <laughs> One can only hope. Um, <laughs> but my, my point is, is like, you know, these guys can pick whatever they want to do and they usually right. pick things that are kind of passion projects for them, which is probably why he ran a CrossFit, you know? And right. So- exactly. Yeah. Otherwise he wouldn't have wasted his time. Sounds like he's got his hand in enough pots that like, you know, why would he... <laughs> I would be doing something he's not into. Yeah. So like, you know, again, I, they get, people get paid to be on board. So I get that. So I, there's a little cynical side of me that understands that too, but they do get to pick what they do. And I think it's important from a context standpoint to say, all right, this is someone who has experience in running a large organization. He has experience in managing diversity. I can promise you from being a part of two big organizations, he understands HR, sexual harassment, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, how to manage through those processes, hiring, like all of that. Right. Um, and so I know he's going to be able to bring that experience that bluntly we've never had before, which I right. think is a huge advantage to the affiliates, huge advantage. Um, so I'm, I don't I know. I know I sound excited, but I am excited. I like, am too. No, I am too. I'm really optimistic. And I don't necessarily want people to think that we're putting Eric on some pedestal and saying that he's going to be perfect. And like, this is, this is everything we've ever needed. Like we're still a long way from change and we still have work to do. Um, and obviously no one knows exactly how he's going to shake out one way or another, but I may call me the eternal optimist. I am really optimistic that this is a great fit for him. This is the right guy for the job to get us going in the right direction. And I'm really hoping that it inspires some affiliates who maybe were disenchanted with the brand to come back and be a part of this family again. And I really hope that it inspires um, you know, the athletes who definitely are are standing up for their own convictions and what they believe in. And I really appreciate that. I'm curious to know, because I haven't really spoken to any of them yet. I'm really curious to know what this means for them. And if this move is enough for them to say, okay, I'm going to compete in the very specific 2020 Reebok CrossFit Games, because that competition is coming right up. And a lot of the top name athletes have publicly said, we're not going to compete this year, you know, in two months because Greg Glassman is still part of this company. Well, I'm curious to know if this is enough to bring them back. And if we're going to have a, you know, a showdown to see who's the fittest on earth this year. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I obviously I can't speak to any of them. I I will tell you something he said today that was, I thought really intriguing to me. Uh, he had a lot of things he said that were intriguing, but this one really like kind of jumped out at me. The first time I ever talked to Glassman, first time I ever talked to him, first words out of his mouth were, I hate the games. Exactly what he said to me. Really? He goes, I don't like thruster races. I'm focused on my health initiative. Now, he, he wasn't saying like he hates CrossFit games. Like that's his bombastic speech. He like clearly liked to get people's attention. Right, of course. And so that's what he was trying to do, get my attention that, hey, the games aren't important. The health initiative is. Right. What? Uh, Eric said today that was really interesting is that he um, he believes he can build a bridge between the boxes and the games and use yes. the games to inspire people to come into the boxes. And that's the yeah. first time I've heard that in a decade, which is really, really cool to hear that again, that he he acknowledges that what the games athletes are doing is inspiring to people. Greg actually said to me in the very first podcast I ever did on this show, uh, PN, by the way, pre-Nikki. Pre-Nikki. Pre Nikki, uh, he said. He said to me in that podcast, "We've learned nothing from the athletes. 
That's a direct quote. We've learned nothing from the CrossFit athletes so other, other than you can push your body to an amazing limit, you know? And so, so I, well, so I think when you think of like, what does this mean for the future of CrossFit? He's clearly going to invest in the CrossFit games as a method to drive people into the affiliates. Yes. Which for, so to your point, are people going to come back? If you're an affiliate owner, I would use that as some, as a real thought, like whether you come back or not, it's your choice. But before all you really got was marketing dollars. Now you got the games back in your back pocket. Yeah. That that you got to believe he's going to, you know, I mean, I won't speak for the guy, but if you're going to drive it, you're going to get it on TV. You know, you're going to hey, get press yeah. for it. You know, you know, you know how you build a bridge between the games and the affiliates media. <laughs> oh, don't be sucking up for a job. Now you got bring us back telling you, well, that's what we said from the very beginning when the entire, and I say, we, I use that term very loosely because I was never an HQ employee. So I was not a part of the great purge as I like to call it. But, um, even as a freelancer, I was touched by it. We all were. Oh, sure. And I, we've been saying forever that the whole point of having media coverage and games coverage and documentaries and y- you name it was to inspire people just to get off the couch. Like you are never going to have anyone Google the word CrossFit if they didn't see it up on ESPN at the bar that they were at and think to themselves, damn, if I could look a quarter of as good as that guy or move as co- a quarter of the amount of weight as that lady, I'd be in good shape. Maybe well, I should look into this thing. You I know? would ag- I would agree, but you need media that doesn't actually work for HQ. Otherwise, it's not impartial media. That's fine too. That's totally fine too. And I think that you know the the idea behind opening up coverage the way that they did last year and the way that they did for sanctionals is not necessarily the wrong idea. I think that there's definitely a way to do it. But I think accessibility is a touchy option. You know, you you also can't hand out. 500,000 media passes and then no one actually can get in and do the thing that they need to do and whatever. So, you know, there's a tactful way to, to build that bridge and to, to bring people on so that coverage can be really holistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, and I, I can see that happening. I mean, we're speculating at this point, but he, he clearly said today that this is going to be a focal, like one of the focuses is to use the games to inspire people and, and so I think that is super encouraging, whether that means you get back into the media game, Mickey. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. Maybe. Eric, are you listening? <laughs> Listen, the other thing too, that I just want to say is, is with, with Eric stepping in as the owner and the CEO, obviously we don't know what that means for Dave Castro. I'm hoping that hit and keeping my fingers crossed that he gets to go back to making the games, everything that it could be um, because he is so incredible in that role and in programming and in making sure that it's a true test of fitness. Um, but I just want to say like absolute hats off to him stepping in when he did the way he did and to continue facilitating as much informational flow as possible at a point in time where we were like, no, but what the hell is going on? And I think he did a really good job trying to get, trying to just get us along the journey, like, you know, shuttle the information as he got it. And and hosting that call today with with Eric, I think, was a really good move. And I just think that was a lot for him, probably, in a, in a role that he was never expecting to take on. And I think he did a good job. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I wouldn't say he did a bad job. I don't know if I have an opinion on how good a job it was. Only because I don't. what I don't know is, I mean, my speculation is he was thrown into the deep end of a pool that he didn't want to jump into. Yeah. You know, like, and oh. so, and... 
and to your point, I think he's an amazing programmer and great at his job. So I, I will agree with you. I give him big bonus points for doing what he did. I think, you know, the people will always look back on these kind of, you know, two to three week period and go, man, the communication kind of sucked. And I'm not sure it could have been any better. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's all, all that. I feel like that's all we've been doing on this <laughs> podcast lately. It's like, what's happening? I don't know. I actually, I think there's a lot we do know here. I, you know, the other thing he said that, um, you know, beyond the games, I thought was really exciting today is that he was talking about his vision for the boxes and it basically focused on health, fitness, and happiness. And it was that third word that really jumped out at me and he hammered it home is that, you know, he wants people to be happier, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. And he used the a story of, he brought his 75-year-old mother, this is why it really resonated with me, his 75-year-old mother um, three or four years ago into the box. She's passed away since. He goes, but she was absolutely at her happiness, uh, happiest uh, when she was crossfitting and she did a hundred pound deadlift and how excited mm-hmm. she was when she mm-hmm. did that. You know, And I think of my own dad who's 75 and he's, I mean, you guys heard him on the podcast last week. He's like super excited and, yeah. and loves what he's doing. And and so I, you know, I think, you know, bridging that gap between inspiring people with the games, but understanding that what goes on in the boxes is the real heart of what we do. And it's that, you know, what happens uh, during the wad, you know, what happens after when you're cheering on the last person, which is usually me and, you know, getting excited about what they're doing. And then everybody's laying around a big pool of sweat and not social yeah. distancing. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, and he, I think he understands that that's the heart of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, you know, I mean, when, when he tells stories like that, that's when I feel like he's one of us. Yeah. And, and I really have high hopes for having someone who thinks like us and appreciates the sport the way that we do, like from the inside at the helm. I, I really have high hopes that that is what we need to go in the right direction. You think he drinks these basic white bee seltzers like I do? I don't I bet know. he does. I bet he does. I bet we need a picture of like you with a white claw next to him with a white claw and we'll do like a who wore it best. If we get him on the podcast, I think we should fly out to Boulder and do it in person and then we'll, Done. Just all, we'll all drink white claws. I'm there. I'm 150% there. Let's do it this weekend. No offense to everyone else that's been on the show, but that's the only person <laughs> I'm flying to do this in person with. <laughs> oh my God. It's like early to fly, but I would risk it. I would risk it all. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I'm hopeful. Like, I, you know, I, I kind of felt bad today. Like, you know, several times I got so many messages from people and so many comments in the comment section of people like, you know, there's still kind of two camps. There's the one camp going, well, he didn't say enough in his very first statement. And then there's this other camp of saying, I can't believe Greg got ran off. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, like let's give this guy longer than 15 minutes that's how long it's been you know you just can't please anyone or everyone or anyone I don't know what it is you can't please all the people out there and the worst of the worst of humanity is in the comment section on Instagram I'll tell you the other here's one last point I wanted to make I had this in my notes I should almost should have led with this so um I think what a lot of people worried about when the thought of CrossFit selling is that it would sell to a brand and like, let's just say hypothetically like lifetime or somebody took it over. And then all of a sudden you get all the coaches wearing the same color shirts and like a real specific, you know, kind of what goes on the boxes should happen the same way every time. One thing he said today, I loved this is that the thing he loves about CrossFit or the corporate brand, 
this was his exact words, is that it's always different. Now, you never hear a CEO say this, by the way, or I've never heard a CEO say this, is that he thinks the exciting part of CrossFit is that it's different in every single box, but it has a shared commonality, meaning I could go to your gym and your coaches are going to run it wildly different than my coaches run it, but we all share that same kind of desire and and excitement for this health, fitness, and happiness piece, you know? And so yeah. what I think we won't see is some sort of corporate sponsorship where, you know, everybody's wearing Reebok shirts or Noble or whatever. Right. It's very or, homogenous. Yeah. I think we'll keep our cult-like behavior, which is great, which is what we all want. <laughs> our right? individualized cult-like behavior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I think it's, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that you've got an affiliate owner buying this thing. Yeah. Well, it's worth noting that his job moving forward is going to be really tough because affiliates need more support and more direction and more resources, but they don't want to be told what to do. And finding that middle ground that that feels helpful and feels like a resource without saying, hey, this is our brand leadership. Hey, you have to all say the same thing or wear the same shirt or do whatever. That's going to be really tough. Like I, I'm glad it's not me better him than I, you know, yeah. um, I don't, I would not want to be in that position, but I'm, I'm hopeful that he's got the wherewithal and the experience to understand how to balance those kinds of responsibilities. Yeah. And I, you know, I would tell everyone, you know, do your research and like, don't listen to us, like do your own research. He's got a LinkedIn page. Well, look, he's got a LinkedIn page. He's got a gym page. You can go look to see what kind of uh, social events his gym has put on. Like they're, you know, they're doing wads for charities and, Mm -hmm. and for different groups. And, you know, you can go look to, you know, as I use these things as uh, to, to determine what's his behavior in the future going to look like, but what has he done in the past? And I think if you go look at his resume and the charities he's a part of and the organizations he spends time with, and, you know, even the gym that he's been running, mm-hmm. uh, I think you'll get a good sense of who this guy is. I mean, I, I spent a couple hours on it today. It wasn't a lifetime, but it was a couple of hours. And I came away with a lot of excitement about who he seems to be as a person. Um, you know, his, certainly he has a lot of excitement about the business, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but you know, I certainly don't want to talk anybody into coming back. I think if they want to come back, they can. I think those that are here should, you know, have some cautious optimism, which is what I'm yeah. going to define myself as right now. It's yeah, cautiously yeah. optimistic. I'll be more optimistic when he comes on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, no, I agree. I totally agree. I do hope, and I've said this before, I do hope we can get some affiliates and some folks back, but that is only selfishly because I just want us to all live under this one umbrella where we get to say that we all crossed it and I don't like change and all that, but, but that, that being said, I, I do feel very thankful to the affiliates and the people, the games athletes specifically who took that first step and said, no, I can't stand behind this and I'm out because I think that we owe those people really standing behind their own convictions to spark this change in the first place. And that's not to say that if you didn't leave that you were wrong or that if you left, you were right. I'm just saying it's worth it to note that everyone sort of contributed in their own way. And we needed all of those pieces of the puzzle in order to get to where we are right now. Uh, the other thing I will say about him, it was it's kind of a side comment he had on his Zoom call today. His gym has 400 members. Damn. This guy knows how to run a business. Like mm-hmm. I've belonged to a lot of gyms, like getting to 400 members is hard. And there, he's in Boulder, Colorado. This isn't New York city. Like right. Boulder, Boulder's not that big. 
Like, no, but there are a lot of gyms. Like there's competition aplenty. Yeah. 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 That's my point is like, I, I you know, I, I want the affiliates that left to give them a chance at least to listen and potentially come back. But I also have to believe like, if they don't come back, you got a guy running the joint that knows how to run and grow a business. Yeah. And it's the growth part that's most important because that applies to the games and to the individual affiliates that right now have a hundred members. How would you feel as an affiliate owner if you had a hundred members and that you now have a guy running the place that knows how to get you to 400? I'd feel pretty good yes, about that. I, I don't run an affiliate, so it doesn't affect me, but um, right. I mean, it affects me if he gets my gym to 400 because then it's really cramped, but um, I know <laughs> we're, we're small. He's going to get your garage gym to 400. <laughs> my basement you just gym. Wait, you just wait. <laughs> I know. No, my basement gym's too, too maximum. Just me and Megan. That's it. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. Baby. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling good too. I'm again, cautiously optimistic. We've got a great haircut. It kind of looks like me and Sean. So <laughs> it does. That's I'm feeling big, it. That's a big plus. So, some, uh, some beautiful bald men in charge who I happen to like a lot. <laughs> I'm not in charge and I know Sean's not cause he's, <laughs> he's got a wife and a kid. So he's definitely not in charge. No, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> he's, he's in th- charge of them white, uh, them white Reeboks though. He he got some. Did you see the new balance he got? I did. He looks real good. He's rocking what? the dad look hard, and I oh. am all about it. Or were those Nike Airs? I can't remember if they were Nike or New Balance. We got a they nice. Looked, they looked right. Fresh pair of white dad shoes. <laughs> I was so proud of him. Amazing. So proud. All right. Well, I think that's all we got on this yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got lots of cool stuff coming up, though. So we we're still two behind on uh, podcasts. So we have the dancers. That's right. You guys are definitely going to want to listen to that episode. We recorded it in quarantine, so it's it's not necessarily outdated because they are still you know like distancing. But but Jen is pregnant, and so it gave us a chance to talk to them about preparing for their new little bundle of joy. And it is a really good episode. You guys yeah. are going to want to. And then we have Allison Scuds. Love, that love. We yeah, that one was a lot of fun. And uh, then we're going to have John David or AKA obese to beast. He's coming yeah. back on. And then uh, we're recording tomorrow night with uh, Danny Spiegel and Alex Smith, which will be super fun. We're going to play mean girls trivia. I'm so excited. I'll ask the questions. I'm gonna let the three of you guys guess. And to be honest, like Alec is going to just crush you guys. I know. I know. I'd be better at Harry Potter trivia, yeah. but I'm going to study up tonight. Don't worry. I would, I would smoke you at Harry Potter trivia. I don't think so. It's kind of sad. My level of nerd is kind of sad. All right. Well, we may have to, we may have to get a third party to pick questions <laughs> because my, this is a true story. My oldest daughter's a huge Harry Potter nerd. And I, so I've read all the books. I own all the movies, seen the movies all like five times, read yeah, all the yeah. books a couple of times. And so she got this Harry Potter trivia for Christmas. And she's like, Hey daddy, let's play. And I'm like, okay. I destroyed her. It like wasn't no even way. close. Come yes, on. it was not even close. It was. It's like uh, a game. It's like a real board game. Yeah, Trivial Pursuit. But it's oh, Trivial Harry- Pursuit by Harry Potter. Oh my god, we need it. Uh, I'll bring it on. We'll, I'll start asking you questions on the podcast. Okay, it's so much fun. Please do, please do, and then I'm going to ask them to Matt. You know, we named all of our animals, including the six chickens, after Harry Potter characters. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> We're that family. I'm not, I had uh, I had two cats once that I named Hermione and Ron. Oh, and then, cute. yeah, until Hermione died like a day later. It was really Ooh, sad. Sad. Poor Ron. I know. Cast, cast the killing curse on her. It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. What's the killing curse? There's your trivia question. About a cadaver. Bam. Green light go. everywhere. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs>
<laughs> I could have done without the pews, but okay. All right. Uh, well, this was fun. I think yeah. we got everything done. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you guys tune in later in the week. We'll have more stuff coming out for you. But uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. And we will talk with you all soon.